again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hey, Lori. Adam. How are you? How was your weekend? It was good. Let's see. What did I do this weekend? I basically saw the kids, celebrated my husband's birthday. I make this homemade cake, which <laughs> is it's this really dark chocolate. Yeah. It's a devil's food dark chocolate and homemade buttercream ice cream. It's uh, freaking amazing. That sounds really, really, really delicious. I gained five pounds. That's good. That's healthy. That's healthy for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. It's a hel- it we sounds all like had a healthy diabetic cake. comas. Yeah, nice. it was awesome. So today on the um, po- well, also happy birthday, Derek. Yeah, happy we- birthday. And that's awesome. We are talking about rejection and how to handle no. No, we're not right? going to talk about that. We're not going to no. talk about that. I don't I don't no. accept that. I cannot handle that very well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're talking about when your partner gives you a no for sex, when you start to initiate and they say forget not now. about it. Forget about yeah, it. Yeah, not happening, buddy. I got a headache. How <laughs> I got to wash my hair. Isn't that the old excuse, the old cliché excuse? When you don't want to go on a date, got to wash my hair. Or something like that. But we're talking about when that happens because that happens to everybody, right? Yes. We're not um, holding to any kind of perfectionistic standards that you're always going to hear yes when you are pursuing a sexual encounter with your partner. And so we got to learn how to deal with no. But that no can be really difficult, right? Why do you think that that is so hard for us to deal with, right? Because I think for men or women, when you you risk the initiation, right, Mm -hmm. and you hear the no – it can be really mm-hmm. damaging. It can be really hurtful, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it so hurtful? Why is it so painful? I think it's the most vulnerable ask. Mm. I mean, asking our partner to have sex with us, asking anybody, hey, you know, do you want to do it? Um, I, I mean, it's just primitive, right? It's mm. like I want to be touched. I want to be made to feel good. I, I mean, it's just the most intimate, vulnerable ask. And so mm. a no is like I already had to have courage to ask you. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a killer. Yeah. It feels, I think, I think we can't help but take it personally. Yeah, that's right. It, it feels, it does feel very personal, right? And it, because it does feel like a rejection. It feels like mm-hmm. a deep rejection, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I don't think anybody enjoys being rejected or feeling that way. I think it's a, it's kind of a primal fear, right? Absolutely. Um, of, of rejection because we are social creatures and we want to be connected and we particularly want to be, feel connected with the person we've chosen to live our life with. Um, right. And so it feels like that very vulnerable state of rejection and it, it does feel really personal. Yeah. Um, and it's the, you know, it's the experiment by Harlow, the, the monkeys. Hmm. Remember that they no. would give, oh. they broke the monkeys into two groups and one group, they gave a, a wire mother 
that was just wired. And that mother gave all the food, all the good things that the baby needed, the baby monkey needed to survive. Mm. And then there was also sort of a cloth covered monkey in the same cage. But in times of distress, the, the baby monkey only clung to the cloth monkey. You know, it mm. was this, this feeling, this physical sense was the most primitive part of survival, was mm. touch and being held is deeply wired into our sense of survival versus, you know, getting the groceries, making the meals, taking the garbage out, the making needs. the money, yeah, the, the physical needs. feeding, yeah. you know, caretaking. I mean, all of those things are important to, in partnership, but really on a primitive basis, it's our sense of deep physical connection that gives us a sense of I can survive life. Mm, yeah. So that's why when it's rejected, it's like, oh, you know, yeah. it triggers probably triggers something really deep in our uh, brain that says I'm not going to survive. Yeah. Well, and it, I think it also signals perhaps wrongly, but it signals they don't care about me. Yeah. Right. It is. It's not just that they're rejecting this they've one shunned act. Me. They, they have shunned me. They've rejected me. They must not no longer care about me. They must not love me. Right. They don't love me, and they don't love me enough. Right. Right. Or, right. right. I, I think it all. This also becomes difficult because when we hear no, right, particularly if we hear it more than once, um, all of a sudden we we rewrite the past a lot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It becomes, it's not just that they said no this one time, it's that they always say no or that their no is increasing, mm-hmm. right? They may have said yes multiple times before, um, but we hear that no and all of a sudden it it overshadows that, right? right. It overshadows the, the three or four times that they said yes previously. I, um, I think this goes along with the sense that anytime we're hurt, that becomes a very acute feeling, and we have a hard time kind of putting it in context of our relationship with that person. Right. Maybe they're really empathic, you know, but this time they step on our toes. And all we can think about is the way they've stepped on our toes, even though they've given us so much empathy in the past and so much care and all this. Mm. It's like we become acutely aware of the present stubbed toe or stepped on toe. You know, mm. that becomes everything. Yeah, and especially if there's other things that are going on in the relationship that are damaging already, mm-hmm. right? Or the things that are not working as well in yes. other parts of the relationship, yes. that sexual rejection becomes even larger in our eyes, right? Yes. Um, because if they're if they're rejecting me in other areas of life and then they reject me sexually, well, then they're rejecting everything about me. Or the perception comes up that they're rejecting everything about mm-hmm. me, right? It can be hard to distinguish then from our own hurt feelings, right? Because we get we get emotional, and it's hard not to emotionally react to a no, right. to that or to that sense of rejection. It's hard not to react to that way, right? But it becomes problematic in the relationship because it, when that happens, and when a rejection is handled poorly in a, a relationship, don't don't do you see this with your couples that when one member is not handling a rejection well, that it just leads to more rejection. It does. Right. It, it just it, it increases the frequency of being rejected because then it can feel like, well, all they want from me is sex if they don't handle that rejection well. Right. right? Sometimes people who are rejected increase the ask. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily even rooted in their own sense of desire. Right. You know, they, they were satisfied last time, but they know that it takes three asks before their partner says yes. 
So they start to increase that, which floods the plane, Mm -hmm. essentially, with all these requests, and their partner feels drowned. Their partner starts to say no more. It's a vicious cycle. And, Mm -hmm. And I would say on the other flip side of it is sometimes partners don't know how to reject gracefully. Yeah. You know, so the way they reject, maybe they feel flooded or maybe it's just they don't realize how vulnerable it is to initiate sex. And so they're like, oh, I'm kind of busy or, you know, I'm too tired tonight. They don't carefully yeah. reaffirm their love and connection and appreciation for how vulnerable it was for their partner to bring that up. Yeah, so in some know? in some cases they may then come off cold and uncaring yeah. in their rejection. Rather than saying something like, you know, oh baby, you know, you are so sexy and I want you, but I am done. You know, I <laughs> yeah. am out. I got to tap out tonight. I got to go veg and watch TV and go to sleep early because yeah. I got this big day and I've had this huge project or whatever. They don't offer that little bit of affirmation and reassurance Mm. that it's not that they're turning them down. It's just not the right time. Yeah. And there may be other things that you cannot see that are contributing to that rejection, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm being rejected by my spouse and she's not doing it in that way, it's hard to then see the reasons why she might be rejecting me. But there are a ton of things that could be happening that affect, that go into a no, right? And that's what we're talking about is it, it, it can drive out all sense and all, mm-hmm. all I may hear is you don't, you don't love me, you don't care about me. When there could be a ton of things that are going on, other life stress that just comes in, mm-hmm. uh, like you're talking about, like just I'm tired, I'm done for the day. Um, any physical issues that may be going on that may be driving that rejection, but I can't see them, right? I, I, I have blinders on because all I see is the rejection and all I see is the lack of care. Yeah, right? yeah. You know? I mean, and it's just hard in the midst that first you know, snap mm. of rejection. It's hard for us to think about our partner's world and to come into their world and to be mature and think about, okay, this depersonalizing it, it isn't about me. Mm. I mean, that's a skill set, right? And, and a really important one for every aspect of marriage or coupleship, yeah. which is to depersonalize our partner's actions so that we can stay curious, stay light on our feet, not get defensive, about what their uh, reaction or action is and maybe ask. But it's the depersonalization that is a hard internal sort of discipline that we have to have in order to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that then it also means it's harder for us to take responsibility for ways that we might be able to increase the chance that we're going to get a yes, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like So we we stop thinking about whether or not we are whether we're neglecting the emotional component of our relationship or whether sure. we're asking in the right way or approaching in the right way, it becomes a it becomes a very, like you said, a very defensive thing where we're guarded because we're saying, why would they not care about me? right? what is what is it about me that is so rejecting? and we it's a, it's a it's really a shame spiral, so to speak, like where we just go down a rabbit hole of both anger and hurt of going over and over again. Why wouldn't they care about me? Why wouldn't they care about me? What's so hideous about me? What's so unattractive? What's so unsexy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just it it just deepens the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Right. It can be both things. Right. It can be a self-rejection. I must not be attractive. I'm the one to blame here. It's it's me that's hideous. That's one way. And other people, I think it's a blaming thing. You're so uncaring. You're so, you know, unthoughtful. You're so selfish. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be 
Self-blame or other blaming, both directions don't really allow for a quick repair or any kind of understanding about why the rejection happened. Yeah. So why don't we come back, take a break and come back and let's unpack some ways that people can get out of that cycle and handle the rejection well so that it increases the chance that it, that it happens less sex often. Happens. That sex happens. Okay. So Adam, we're going to do a new thing. We are going to offer a link to Patreon on Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy, which is foreplayrst.com for people who are really interested in helping us develop deeper, you know, more interesting podcasts and also offer resources to them. Yeah. Patreon is a platform where you can directly support things that you love. We know that several of you have been real supportive of us and we hope you would consider being financially supportive as well. Right. Because we're running practices and families and we need time really to do more, something like a webinar. We'd like to do some worksheets for you. We really want to expand the resources that we can be able to provide to you as our listeners, dive deeper into the questions you have, offer more practical steps for you to have the best possible relationship. So we're looking for some patrons. We appreciate already the love, the emails that you send. All of that is great. So if you love listening to us, you can find out how to support us by going to our website, foreplayrst.com. Thank you so much for considering that. We appreciate it. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them, it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique, and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. Hi, I'm Dr. Adam Matthews, and I want to welcome you to Matthews Counseling. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We believe in people, specifically that no two people are alike and therefore they need solutions that are unique to them. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. At MatthewsCounseling.net, we strive to help make the first step easy. There, you will find our blog with some great resources from our therapist. You'll also find a link to our client portal where you can schedule directly with our therapist at your convenience. We offer free 30-minute consultations either in person or over the phone, so the first step is at no cost to you. Give us a call at 919-587-8018 or again, find us online at matthewscounseling.net. We look forward to working with you. Lori, we're back and we are talking about rejection, the no, the not now, the later, the get off me, um, however it is the rejection that happens when you initiate sex and your partner says no. Okay. Right. So you were talking about something earlier that I want you to unpack a little bit about how we do it. 
and that's the depersonalization component of it, right? Because I think this is where it starts, right? This is the key to where handling no well mm-hmm. kind of starts, and that is recognizing that it is not about you, right? right? And right. and taking that out of the self. Like, talk more about how you, how do we do that? How do we begin to depersonalize a rejection like that? So I think the first thing that I do is I analyze where do I actually feel kind of pain in my body when I get an answer from my partner that I don't like. You know, mm. can you go on vacation with us on this date? No, I'm busy. I got work. You know, do you want to have sex? No, I'm too tired. You know, whatever it is, any kind of rejection, we actually feel it. This is mm. weird. This is very therapy-ish. But we feel it somewhere in our body. So our face flushes. We feel kind of a gripping in our gut. No. Um, the, you know, we feel stiff or tension in our shoulders. No, they've actually they've actually done studies that rejection is activates things in our body very f- similar to physical pain. Right. Right. It's, it hits right. A, it hits a, a similar area in the brain. Yeah. So I think the first thing is just to become aware of, you know, where in your body do you feel that, and start to use that as a flag to tell you that you're uncomfortable, mm. and and know that. Our mind and our body are so interconnected that if we can actually learn from our body these signals, we can know better what to do in our, with our brain. Hmm. So this this can hit us first. And if we go, oh, yeah, I got that gut feeling, I, I don't actually want to say what comes to my mind when I have that gut feeling. Hmm. Because whatever's going to come out of my mouth is going to be defensive or it's going to be offensive. Yeah. And so whenever I have this gut feeling, I need to kind of let it go, soothe myself for a minute before I say anything. So, and I think that word soothe, I think that's very important, right? Because I think when you're able to identify that in your body, um, you are able to self-soothe, right. which is really important. Um, it's what babies do. It's what we try to teach babies. Like at mm-hmm. first, like everything comes out of our mouth when we're younger. Like it just comes out as screams and is just very primal. Right. Um, but we have to learn how to soothe ourselves to basically let ourselves know that it's okay. And when we know what is happening inside us, I think then we can develop we can develop scripts or narratives to say back to ourselves. We have to start to talk back to ourselves the things that we need to identify what's happening with us and have those at the ready. A lot of times we don't know what to say to that physical reaction or to that emotional reaction right, right in our heads, right? It comes up, she doesn't care about me. He um he doesn't think I'm beautiful anymore. And so we have to come up with things to to say to ourselves that hit exactly where it is, where it's hurting for us, where yeah. that rejection pain is painting us so that we know what to say mentally. Mentally right? to ourselves first. Yeah. So a self-soothing voice would be maybe we first feel it in our gut. Ugh. You know, we feel rejected. Our first thoughts are he doesn't love me. He's not caring about me. He doesn't want to spend time with me. He doesn't want to spend intimate time with me. So we want to change that script. We want to change that narrative. We want mm. to say okay, it might just be a bad night for him. He might be tired. I know based on all these other circumstances that he loves me. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to say to my husband is, you know, when he does something nice or when he does something that is clearly caring uh, is, I guess you really do love me, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's it's the part of all of us that kind of feels insecure and then notices hmm. our partner's loving gestures or acts or, or whatever or words, and we take it in and we really become present to it. Our partner loves yeah. us. So self-soothing is 
telling ourselves the bigger truth than the momentary hurt. Yeah, and I think one of the scripts that I think we have to get in the habit of saying back to ourselves is, this will not last forever, right? I think a lot of times when we are going through something difficult or something that's painful to us, a lot of people automatically lose hope that anything's going to be changing. Mm-hmm. Like this this happens, this is clearest to me with kids, right? And especially because that's the time of life yeah. I'm in. But there is always with kids, when they're going through something that's difficult for you, there was a time where my oldest daughter, when she was two, she was getting out of her bed all the time and would uh. not stay in there. And she was doing this at like two in the morning, uh. right? And she wouldn't stay in there. She'd come out and she'd like fall limp on the floor and just start screaming and we'd have to drag her back to bed. And so, <laughs> and me and my wife would talk, we talk about this all the time because in the moment that felt like it was never going to end, right? right? right. Um, we were so tired and so disturbed by this. Like, and, it, and we also had a, a newborn at the time as well. But when we look back on that time of our life, it was actually two weeks of our life, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It was super intense for two weeks. And I think sometimes that happens with, um, you know, sexual rejection. rejection. It gets catastrophized, right? Absolutely. My partner never wants to have sex Mm -hmm. or better yet, my partner is just not a sexual person. Yes. I mean, I sit with clients all the time who say this. You know, we've had multiple discussions. Their partner has talked about how they like it initiated, that they enjoy sex, that they have orgasms, that there are particular ways. And the the partner who feels rejected will often bring it up again and in this way. Well, I really think, though, that she's just not very sexual or not Mm -hmm. a sexual. I'm thinking, have you not been in this room with me? I mean, she said it six ways to Sunday that, you know, she likes it a particular way. She likes it when you guys are getting along. Yeah. You know that I mean, yes, she said no, but really she has said over and over again in the room with all three of us present that she actually is sexual and likes sex. But the person will come back to you in this case I'm picking on a man and trust me, I do see women a lot who are more sexual than their male partners, you know, but maybe he'll say, "Yeah, she's just not that sexual." It's like this generalization is a way to kind of, in a wildfire way, they spread their fear throughout mm. their body, throughout their mind, and then they can't really recoup from that very well. Yeah, and and then you, when you catastrophize, you can't hear what you need to do differently that would be helpful to your partner, mm-hmm. right? So maybe she's saying no because you are approaching it this way, mm-hmm. right? And so when you can self-soothe. You can't learn. You can't learn. And so when you, I think when you self-soothe, you begin to be able to do the things that will help with the rejection, like ask, is there something I could be doing differently? Right. Is there a difference in my approach and, and how I'm asking for sex? Right. Um, is there but something? But maybe not ask right at the moment of rejection. Oh, right. Absolutely. You know, maybe over coffee. No. Yeah. The next day. You know, the next day, just, hey, you know, I've noticed a pattern. You know, it seems like maybe you're not interested. Maybe I'm not approaching it the way I used to. Can mm-hmm. you tell me? about what you're seeing in our sex life. And many times it's like, no, this is just a bad time. This is a bad season. I, I got a lot of stress at work. Mm. Right. And then then you may have a, a clear path of what you can do to get the yes, de-stress. right? De-stress. Yeah, and help, help them de-stress, help them. Hire uh, help. Pick, yeah, change, change things up. I think there are you are able to ask that question in a way that doesn't feel blamey and doesn't mm-hmm. feel ang- doesn't feel pressuring. Right. Right? It, right. You have to be able to ask in a way where you are okay Right. And so you when you're able to self-soothe, you're able to to have that conversation in a way that's productive. Yes. I think the other thing that it helps you do and you tell me, I, I consider this to be probably the most damaging thing you can do when you get a <laughs> get a no. OK. Um, and that is turning away. 
Oh, right. Yeah. You roll your eyes, you roll over, your back's to them all of a sudden, right? You stop the conversation, you interrupt any kind of physical contact. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is, you you basically cut them off and, and put the rejection back on them. Right, you right? reject. You reject when mm-hmm. you've been Passive rejected. aggressively or aggressively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get angry, that's an aggressive reaction, right? right. Yeah, the counter-rejection is sure to create the power struggle. Oh, yeah. It just entrenches you, right? Sure. And so I think the more that you can, because then when you, and when you turn away like that as well, you may reinforce the notion to, to your partner that all, all you want is sex. You don't want sex with them. Mm-hmm. You, want, you just want sex in general, right? And so it makes the sexual encounter not about each other, but about just, you know, getting off. And so I think the more that you can turn back towards your partner, maybe be okay with the no and possibly still say, okay, well, well can, we, can we still cuddle tonight? Can we still hold each other? Uh, can we still stay connected? Yeah. Can we st- find a st- way to still stay connected even though you're not, you may not be having sex that night? That's makes a it really better. warm bit. And, of course, I mean, we're not saying this, but that would be a lovely response from the person who is asked who has to offer the rejection mm-hmm. or who has to reject because they're sure. not there. They're not in that same place to say to their partner, you know, I don't want sex tonight. I really don't. But I would love to be connected to you. Can we stay connected in bed? Can we sleep naked? Can we cuddle? Mm. Can we think about the morning? Yeah. I mean, there's ways that it can be soft, a soft rejection that is really still embracing hmm. of the person. Or it, may be, it also may be saying, okay, can we, can we plan for some time soon? Right, mm-hmm. sometime, sometime, just for the two of us, mm-hmm. which right. has to have a date, in my opinion, Adam. It has to have it's a like, date, You're not right. just soon. That's like you know, maybe. I mean, it has oh. to be. Can we? Plan oh, a date. You Saturday? mean like, yeah, uh, yes. You know, oh no, I agree. Know, after our date on Saturday, can we have sex? Yeah, put know? it, put a um, a time and place, An on actual it. time and place. Yeah, yes, yeah, for sure. And obviously, I think we're talking about like if if it is a continual no, if it is a repetitive no, over and over and over again, then you may need to get further help. Right, and address yeah. it address it more directly. And right? it's couples therapy or marriage therapy or sex therapy, depending. Yeah, but if you're getting in the habit of handling that no well, I do think it increases your chances to for it not to become. It fosters that. connection. Yeah, absolutely. It fosters our our love for our partner and our acceptance. All right. Okay, don't turn away. Don't touch that dial. Listen to the next one. This is Four Play Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. Hey, help us stay on top here at Four Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.